Hi, welcome to this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI of the Americas. I'm Wade Kaler, Executive Director. On Tap this week, I have the past president of FCSI Worldwide, the past chairman of FCSI of the Americas, and a member of many FCSI committees and task forces. He's one of my favorite food service consultants when it comes to having a travel companion and a cruise ship <laughs> expert. Please welcome today, Mr. Jim Peterson. Hey, Jim, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Wade? I'm doing great, man. It's so good to see you again. It's uh, good to see you. I mentioned the uh, cruise ship expert. I know that you and your wife, and I hate to date these uh, podcasts, but just went on a worldwide cruise ship. Um, so congratulations. I, I, we're going to get into that a little it, bit later, but uh, okay. it wasn't world. It wasn't worldwide, but it was. It was pretty. Yeah. It was 18 days, so it was well, pretty long. Close enough for me. Yeah. It, I've never been on one, so I won't even do a three-dayer, so 18 days is worldwide for me. You need to do it. <laughs> Jim, as we as we normally do, I like to start these off with a basic, you know, the old adage, how did you get your start? But truly, people want to know more about you, and that is, how did you get your start in food service consulting? Um, what was uh, your background like, and then actually becoming a consultant? Sure. Um, it's in my family. Okay. Um, my father and my uncle both uh, went to a hotel school at Cornell. Um, as did I, um, my grandfather had a meatpacking company in New York city called Peterson Owens. And my dad and uncle, uh, worked for him, uh, around the time that they were starting their families. Um, my dad then, um, started working for a company called HFM, which is hospital food management. Okay. Uh, it, we lived in South Jersey at that point. And then he was hired by um, Automatic Retailers of America to start a hospital um, operations division. Um, uh, Automatic Retailers of America became ARA. Um, he eventually got involved with their, their initial stadium operations. Um, and then uh, they, his division became ARA-Serve, and then that all morphed into ARA-Mark. Oh, wow. Um, and when, when I was a freshman in college, um, he decided he'd had enough, not that he decided he had enough, but he was called to become a, uh, an Episcopal priest. So my freshman year of high school, suddenly there was no money available, um, or no, freshman year of college, rather. Um, but I, I went to a hotel school. I was interested in architecture. Um, I had had some, uh, some drafting courses back in the day. We did it by hand. Um, I had applied to some architectural schools, but I also applied to the hotel school. And I sort of crafted my courses based on doing hotel design, um, specifically front office design, because I had some practical experience in that. And when it came time to start looking for jobs, the hotel architect said, yeah, we don't really need that. So uh, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And then somebody said, have you ever thought about you know, food service design? I go, oh, yeah, I guess somebody has to do that. So uh, John Cini uh, happened to be up in Ithaca. Uh, I had an interview with him and then uh, started working with Cini Grissom uh, when I graduated, which was in January of 74. Okay. Um, I was with Cini's office uh, for four and a half or five years, um, moved to Detroit and actually worked for a dealer for about 18 months. Okay. Um, I wanted to get some different experience. And then in... Uh, Late 1979, basically, um, that job didn't really work out, so I started out on my own. Uh, late 79. Wow. So yeah, basically, I started working then, and I'm still doing that. Congratulations! That's a great longevity career for, especially a consultant. That's a that's a long career. 
regardless of what industry you're in, to be a consultant for that long is is kudos to the man running the show, you, because that's not easy to do. Right. That whole time, I've basically worked for myself. Um, I don't know if anybody else would want me working for them, and I I don't react well to people telling me what to do, except my clients, obviously. Uh, they, they tell me what to do. So um, it's actually been pretty low low stress. I don't work a zillion hours a week. Um, I don't make as much money as other consultants might make, but uh, there's a lot of lifestyle benefits that, uh, that I'm happy to have. Yeah. Are there certain specialties or segments in the industry that, that you currently – uh, keep in like in those lanes or are you kind of like anybody that likes to get their hands into everything? What I, what I do primarily is I do a lot of uh, schools. Mm-hmm. Um, I do some hospital and healthcare work. I do yeah. uh, some correctional facilities, some military facilities. Basically for whatever reason, it has sort of developed into working for non-taxable or for, for institutions that are funded by taxes. Okay. Um, which means that I don't do a lot of deep pocket projects. Most of mine are, you know, uh, pretty straightforward and most of them are schools. It just happens that my biggest architectural client specializes in schools. Okay. Um, right now I've got seven for them that are supposed to be out before the holidays. So, wow. Um, things wow. are busy, but I've, yeah. I'm working on a, a healthcare facility, smaller healthcare facilities like community hospitals and, um, you know, 200 beds or less, that sort yeah. of thing. But I, I, I would do other stuff if the opportunity came up. I, um, I've had the opportunity to do a small, uh, to do a minor league stadium uh, okay. through liaisons with, uh, with other consultants. Um, so I have branched out a little bit in terms of experience. Um, I've never done any casinos. Um, I've never done any cruise ships, although I, I do the tours whenever I can, so I can take <laughs> yeah. it off on my taxes. Um, actually, it hasn't worked yet, but I'm still, ta- I'm still talking with the feds. When they send me letters, I go, no, really, this was, I looked at their kitchen. Yeah. So, yeah, there's some segments I haven't gotten into. I enjoy correctional projects because they're usually, you know, a lot more to get your arms around and yeah. uh, a lot more challenging, uh, a lot more interesting in terms of, uh, correctional facilities all seem to operate separately. Uh, they come in size from small county jails to, um, I did a cook chill facility for the state of Michigan. They did 30,000 meals a day. Wow. Okay. Um, every, every correctional facility is different in terms of the way they operate. So it's, yeah. uh, and I, I make a little more money on those, which is nice. You and I have talked about this before and I always love hearing some of the things, but what are, we don't have to go through a lot of it. But what are a couple of the things that you have to do differently for a correctional facility, especially those kitchens that the inmates actually work in? What are some things that you have to think of differently than you normally would for a school or something like that? Um, we need to, well, security is the big thing. Um, right. So we need to accommodate what they want to do. And the biggest, I guess the weakest link in security is, is receiving and um, waste removal. So uh, we've gotten into some, fairly interesting situations where the store dry storage and the walk-in refrigerator freezer were actually part of the sally port system um sally port i think a lot of people may not know what that is but that's basically you walk into one gate that gate shuts and then another gate opens and you go through that so sort of like an airlock um so there's that and then there's the uh inmates themselves uh we've done um like high high security facilities where people who have tools basically are segregated into their own room so okay um because they still have to use knives and right. you know and sharp objects so um 
the big thing is security, really. Yeah. You know, segregating. Uh, if you have large facilities, you don't want the large storage facilities. You don't yeah. want the inmates to have access to all that. So we usually go with sort of a um, an ingredient room or you know, sort of a sub storage facility that only okay. holds one or two days in it. What um is there in all the projects you've worked on schools, correctionals, everybody else? Is there any one that stands out more than the others as maybe uh, either most like the your favorite or the most challenging either way the most challenging ones <clears throat> are sometimes like the smaller ones like i do some church projects yeah um and, and it's truly you know designed by committee and and that can be frustrating um the biggest one i've i've done was at uh, the correctional facility i mentioned that did thirty thousand meals a day uh in the early 80s um, I did some military facilities out of the country, so I was in okay. uh, Saudi Arabia three times, um, and an island called Diego Garcia in the Indian Ocean. I was out there twice, um, and and interestingly, each time I went out there, I flew in a different direction. So I've flown a world, around the world twice, each way. So, <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. What um? Who would you say, or what is your greatest influence in your professional life? I think um, my experience at Senior Grissom and the people I met there, specifically uh, Harry Schildkraut, uh -huh. who um, was basically four years ahead of me. Okay. Uh, he graduated from Cornell also. Um, some of the other folks that were there that uh, I've lost track of or are no longer in the industry. Yeah. Um, and then I've met a lot of people through FCSI. Uh -huh. I didn't really do any effective networking until... Um, I got involved um, on the board, uh, you know, about the time that, that we uh, were rearranging things, yeah. 2010 and thereabouts. Um, other influences more recently, I, I mentioned that I've, um, I've done some work for, uh, for friends who are consultants where they've needed, you know, rough-end drawings done or field work done. And in doing that, I've seen a lot of how other consultants do what they do. Yeah. So actually it's been in the last five or six years when I've sort of gotten deeper into understanding um, AutoCAD um, okay. and how, how it works for a big project as opposed to a small project and uh, organizing files and sort of mundane things like that. But uh, I've got a lot more efficient in the past few years just by not talking with other people, but actually working with other people. Nice. Uh, that was one of my questions. You just fed into it. You'd think I pre-fed you these questions, and and for those <laughs> and it was, well, number that's number six, right? Yeah, I say for those people that don't know, and you can attest, Jim is the, one of the most honest guys I know. On tap, I do not give any questions to anybody before the any of these interviews. They're completely uh, off the off the cuff, essentially, if you will. I don't want people yeah. to be prepared for these, so. Yeah, I looked, looked at a few of the previous ones. Just yeah, you kind of cheated a little bit. That's okay. I should back out or not. <laughs> What's one thing about Jim Peterson that uh, no one would ever guess? I, I saw that you asked that on, on, on a previous interview, or at least one. Probably that uh, I'm listed in IMDb for a couple of really, really bad movies I was involved with in the 90s. <laughs> nice. So, that is awesome. Yeah. I won't, don't tell I anybody. They can go out and find them on their own. We'll we'll let them. We'll let it hang out there. Let people go search. <laughs> well, yeah. Look, it'll be under my name. Um, okay. If there's more than one, I'm in Lapeer, um, okay. and then you can read the reviews of, of the movies. <laughs> <I did. laughs> 
Very good. They're pretty funny. So you and your uh, amazing wife, Kathy, have taken quite a few cruises over the years. I know you both are kind of connoisseurs of that. Is there a particular cruise over the years that sticks out as one of your favorites? We we did a cruise to Hawaii um, where it left from San Francisco, so it was a lot of sea days. Um, an Alaska cruise that we did uh, was real nice. The last two cruises we've done have been uh, repositioning cruises. Oh, okay. So uh, it, we, we had one booked for Australia um, for 2020, but, you know, you know how things yeah. went. So uh, in 2019, we took uh, a cruise that started in Copenhagen, which is where my grandfather was born, coincidentally, and uh, made a number of stops. And uh, that was a 19-day cruise that ended up in New Orleans. Oh, wow. Um, and then the cruise we were just on um, started in Athens uh, and then went around... Uh, the eastern part of the of the Mediterranean through the Suez Canal and ended up in uh, Dubai. Oh wow! So, Very cool. But we we prefer not mega ships. Um, okay. We were on the one uh, the transatlantic one was a huge ship with about four thousand passengers on it. Okay. Uh, the one we were just on was the same cruise line, but they only booked it sixty percent full because of COVID. Okay. Um, and there were a couple of days when there were excursions that everybody took, sort of like 300 people on the ship designed for 2,100. We, we'd go into a lounge or before bartenders and two servers and us. So <laughs> service was great. That's awesome. That's a VIP service without VIP uh, prices. Right. And, and we upgraded our cabin for like very cheap. So Nice. What is one piece of advice you give to anyone thinking of becoming a food service consultant in today's world? I think networking, which is something that I was not very good at intentionally. I sort of got thrown into networking once I got you know more involved um, with the association. Networking, I think s sort of people think about, oh yeah, you go shake hands, you talk with people and stuff. And, and I'm th not thinking about networking like at receptions and that sort of stuff, but actually right. um, you know, getting deeper with people and, and yeah. finding an opportunity, um, especially you know, a lot of the firms in our industry are so busy um, you know, they really need additional help. And if somebody is, you know, competent enough that they can, you know, take and take direction from somebody else um, and do that, they will become, you know, I think better at what they do. Plus, it sort of spreads their name out, you know, because right. most of the consultants that I've dealt with are, you know, are, are very nice people um, and they're happy to share um like references, uh, you know, hey, do you know anybody who can do this? Well, yeah, yeah. check with Jim. He's been doing some stuff. Yeah. His office was slow. So that's, I guess, the biggest thing that I see late in my career. Um, as I think back to the early parts of my career, I had seven years of of experience before I went out on my own. But yeah. there was still a lot that I've learned, and I, I still learn something with every project I do. I think that's great advice. Uh, I, and I've said that to a couple younger people here recently of of that have called once in a while, we'll get these calls at headquarters about, you know, thinking about becoming a consultant. And I completely agree. And I tell them, you don't have to be busy. You don't have to have a big book of business to get started right now. If you have the ability to listen and work with others, there are plenty of food service consulting firms out there right now that are looking for additional help that aren't really willing right now to hire anybody particularly, but they'll definitely subcontract work out to you. And I think mm -hmm. what you just said is really key. And that is, 
not only are you getting some business out of it, but you're actually getting the experience of how they operate in their consulting business, which then may right. or may not lead you to either running your business better, or maybe you'll decide that, hey, I really like working with this firm more so than any other firms. And it might lead you to a full-time job down the road with that firm because you know that you like their flow of work, they like the, you like the atmosphere that they create or whatever it may be, the culture, right. um, or just could be the owner. It doesn't even matter why, but uh, lead something down the road. So I think that's great advice. Um, what have you, you've been involved in so many committees, task forces, boards, um, leading up to your presidency in FCSI. What have you learned about FCSI and learned about yourself throughout this process? I found that most of the people in FCSI are, you know, pretty straightforward and nice people. Um, yeah. If your only exposure to them is, you know, at, at receptions or sitting next to them at a seminar, um, you don't really get to know them very well. But yeah. the, the more I've gotten to know them, um, you know, I can't really think of any that I I wouldn't be happy to work with. I was uh, I was on the board for a couple of years back in the '80s. Um, and just the way that the, the group was structured then it, it, it wasn't, you know, didn't really amount to a whole lot in the end, but, um, yeah, yeah w once I, I started getting involved in, um, in some of the inner workings of FCSI, I, I met a lot of these people that I'd seen forever and I'm going, man, I wish I'd known him or her, yeah. you know, like this 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they're great to talk to. They laugh at my jokes, you know, <laughs> go figure. So one of the things that you say, you, you say you're socially awkward, but uh, you know, you and I have traveled together many years and been involved in a lot of meetings together. I find that hard right. to believe because I never saw that side of you. So to you, I think your self image sometimes of your networking abilities and what others see is, is, uh, is different because, um, you're right though, Kathy, when she's around you, your wife is, <laughs> uh, you know, one of the most amazing personalities and, and fun to be around people. So, uh, you, yeah. you, you don't have to try very hard when she's around. Well, Jim, that's all the questions I've got on the formal side, but as you know, in past seasons of on tap so far, I like to end on a fun side. So I've got a set of, would you rather questions that we'll dive into here. Um, if you'll indulge me and my sometimes juvenile humor. So the quest first one is, would you rather have the ability to move things with your mind or the ability to read minds? Move things with my mind. Okay. I wouldn't want to know what other people are thinking. That's <laughs> that could get really crazy. Would you rather be forced to sing along or be forced to dance to every single song you hear? Sing. Would you rather be chronically underdressed or overdressed? I am chronically underdressed, so <laughs> we, I put on a special shirt just for this. Usually it's like a t-shirt or sweatshirt or something. So did I. We're good. <laughs> Would you rather have universal respect or unlimited power? Universal respect. Would you rather never be able to go outside during the day or never be able to go outside during the night? I, if I had to give up daytime or nighttime, I would probably give up being able to go outside at night. Would you rather lounge by the pool or lounge by the beach? Neither. We, <laughs> I, I, I don't do much sun. I'd rather lounge in the lounge. <laughs> Would you rather wear the same socks for a month or the same <laughs> underwear for a week? Again, we go back to the chronically underdressed thing. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> I wouldn't have to worry about working alone if I did either of those things. <laughs> I, I guess if I had to do one, I would go without the socks for a while. Okay. 
Would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a haunted house? Week in a forest. Would you rather get a paper cut every time you turn a page or bite your tongue every time you take a bite? <laughs> Probably a paper cut every time I turn a page because I don't read as much as I used to, but I still eat a lot. So okay. <laughs> overall, <laughs> I, I think that I'd be better off with a paper cut. Would you rather sip aviation gin with Ryan Reynolds or shoot tequila with Dwayne the Rock Johnson? Uh, I'd probably rather hang out with the Rock. Okay. It seems like a lot more fun. Would you rather have skin that changes color based on your emotions or tattoos that appear all over your body showing what you did yesterday? <laughs> I guess the tattoos. Would you rather be beautiful and stupid or unattractive and a genius? I'm already beautiful and stupid. <laughs> oh. Very good. I, I guess I'd want to see how the other half lives. All right. Would you rather only eat pizza for a year or not be able to eat pizza for five years? Oh, I'd, I'd love, rather eat pizza for a year. Would you rather give up cursing forever or give up desserts for five years? I guess I'd say <clears throat> I'd rather give up cursing, okay. um, which is another side of me that I try to keep out of my professional life. But uh, <laughs> I'm involved with the fire department, so it's sort of like hanging out with a bunch of sailors. Yeah, Exactly. And the last one would be, would you rather go backstage with your favorite band or be an extra on your favorite TV show? I'd rather go backstage with my favorite band. I've done, I've done the movie thing, and um, yeah, the band, okay. definitely. I think the treats are better with the band. Perfect. Well, that's all the time we've got today, Jim. How can people find out more information about you and your firm? Um, I have a website. It's ciifsd.com. Okay. Uh, contact information is there. It's it's got a uh, number of pages on you know, background projects, um, that sort of thing. So okay. always always happy to hear from potential clients or you know people who've seen me like or, or seen my information. They don't really know what a food service consultant is. So okay. one time somebody asked me up or called me up and asked me if it was okay to put venison on a pizza. That they had, you know, just, at least I, I usually point people in the right direction. You know. Yeah, that's that doesn't sound very enticing. I suppose people do it, but that doesn't sound very enticing to me. <laughs> this is Michigan, so that's a good point. Plenty of deer hounding up there. Same in Illinois where I live. So. Uh -huh. Well, hey, that wraps up this edition of On Tap, presented by FCSI The Americas. A huge thank you to Jim Peterson for joining us today. We can't do shows like this without you. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your favorite podcast, and turn on those notifications so you don't miss out on any future episodes. But until then, cheers. Cheers.